Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. On this week's show, we're going to speak with Cameron Taylor. He's the head of school for Imago Day, a middle school in the heart of downtown Tucson. And we're going to learn about some of their innovative learning tools and the impact of this pandemic on that age group. Today is September 12th. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core. We shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A Mountain to Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org, also available on your iPhone or Android if you download the Downtown Radio Tucson app. And you can take us wherever you go. This show airs live every Sunday at 11 a.m. And there is a new um, rebroadcast that happens on Monday morning. So if you're listening to us on a fine Monday, welcome to that. We air at 5 a.m. as a rebroadcast on Monday. The show itself is available on our podcast platform, lifealongthestreetcar.org, or really anywhere you can find Podcasts. You can even ask your smart speaker to play Life Along the Streetcar podcast. And if you want to get us here on the show, our email address is contact at Life Along the Streetcar. And, of course, we're on all the social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram pages there if you want to hit us up. Well, last week we had uh, Amanda Madala on the show, and today's uh, show will be kind of a dovetail to that. So just want to remind you that Amanda is an author. She wrote a, she wrote a book called Saguaro Stillness, and uh, this was her effort to uh, help her child um, cope with some of the isolation and anxiety that came as a result of the pandemic and the uh, social distancing measures. So she's working on three books. The one that's coming out most recently is Saguaro Stillness. And uh, she has an event coming up next Saturday, uh, the 18th, called Sketching Saguaro Stillness. You can find information on our Facebook page, or you can look up Sketching Saguaro Stillness on Facebook. And uh, you can have your child show up uh, one of the scheduled times and do an illustration for her book, which will be out uh, She's hoping by the end of the year. Well, that conversation about COVID and uh, the impact on her son led us to reach out to someone we've had on the show before, Cameron Taylor. He's the head of school at Imago Day. Uh, that is a middle school tucked away in the heart of downtown Tucson. A lot of folks don't even know it's there. They have a very special mission, a special uh, population that they serve. They're very community-minded and innovative in their uh, educational practices. So we wanted to reach out to see what um, impact on this age group uh, that uh, he was seeing at Imago Day. And this is our interview recorded just a few days ago with uh, Cameron Taylor. My main role is I'm the head of school for Imago Day Middle School, uh, which is a private 
tuition-free middle school right in the heart of downtown. And uh, we serve only children who qualify for the federal free and reduced lunch program. So uh, it's, we're, we're unique in that sense and that we're a private school, but we're tuition-free and uh, we provide um, all of the – everything the students need, uh, not only academically but a very robust enrichment and kind of arts and physical education program. And uh, because of our location in downtown Tucson, we're able to partner with all kinds of other cool organizations and agencies to just provide a bunch of cool stuff for our students. Uh, we also are committed to our alumni and our families. So we have a graduate support program that works with our uh, all of our alumni to support them in any way possible. And our family support program works with families, uh, providing all kinds of um, education uh, around maybe you know financial literacy or even support doing taxes or uh, or working to to make high school uh, possible, high school and college possible for themselves or for uh, their their kids. And so that both of those programs are. Um, pretty amorphous and interesting and do all kinds of interesting, cool, different things. Um, but we're, um, yeah, we're, we're weird. We're a middle school, um, that does a lot more than middle school, um, kind of a social services agency wrapped into a middle school. <laughs> uh, so middle school, that's, that's grades uh, five through eight, correct? Yeah, for us, we're again, we're a little bit different there. We start in grade five uh, and go through eighth grade. We have uh, we're very small. We only have 20 kids per grade, two teachers in every class. So it's a 10 to one ratio. Uh, we have an extra long day. We, we go about nine, 10 hours, um, depending on, on the day. And we also have school on Saturdays often uh, about half the year. And then we go 11 months. So it's it's a pretty intense program, actually. Uh, but well, much well, of that. Why is it so intense? I mean, why why do you have that 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 schedule? Is it is there something? There, yeah, there are a few reasons. One is that often uh, the the kids that we're working with uh, come to us with gaps in their education, uh, oftentimes because they've had an inconsistent education history. Sometimes because they are new uh, to this school system. Uh, about a quarter, maybe thirty uh, percent of our students are refugees from other countries, and so oftentimes they're learning a new language, they are learning a new culture, and you know just trying to kind of figure out their way through a new place. So the the long days, the small class sizes, all of that are designed to uh, help us fill any of those gaps that the kids may have uh, and provide them the support they need to, to be ready for high school. Um, and then uh, the, the other reason is that it provides a safe place for our kids to be for much of the day so that their families can uh, take care of all the business they need to take care of. Um, they can work. They can, you know, take care of other errands or other kids and things they have going on and know that their kids are in, uh, you know, good hands. So. And, and, and you've, the school's been around since 2005, 2006. Yeah. We opened, opened our doors in 2006. And, And so we are, yeah, in our 15th year and going strong. We started with five kids. Mm. And in uh, the fifth grade and uh, in in the parish hall of St. Andrew's Episcopal Church in Armory Park. 
uh, one teacher. And in, in those 15 years, we have expanded to, you know, four grades, about 80 kids, uh, full staff, and we own two buildings in downtown Tucson uh, that we operate out of um, right on 6th Avenue across the street from the Ron Stamp Bus Center, which is uh, obviously very useful. Um, and, and I'd say a little over half of our kids actually utilize the bus system to get to school. So mm-hmm. our location is excellent, but yeah, we've grown quite a bit in 15 years. Well, and you've done that. And you, you kind of said this in the beginning, but you did that. You've done that without tuition. And if I remember from our previous conversation, you're not you're not taking um, you don't have federal or, or state funding for this, right? You're doing it all through private donations. Yeah, correct. It's it's all uh, private. Um, we do raise uh, a, a significant amount of money through the tax credit mechanism, the tax credit program here in Arizona. And so, for listeners who may not know, uh, Arizona allows uh, individuals and or couples to direct a portion of their uh, tax liability straight to a private school. And so, uh, you know, you owe taxes at the end of the year. You can say, I'd like this much to go straight to Imago Day Middle School and help fund uh, the education of these kids. So we raise a lot of money that way. There's also a corporate tax credit program uh, where uh, C-Corps and S-Corps in Arizona can direct uh, again, their tax liability straight to schools like ours. Uh, the corporate tax credit can only be used uh, for students who qualify for free and reduced lunch. So for us, that's 100% of our students. Um, so we do raise money through that tax credit program. But outside of that, it's just uh, private funding, grant funding, foundation, that kind of stuff. We raise all the money ourselves. And you mentioned you own a couple of buildings. So the building the school's housed in, that's, that's a, remind me, it's an old Sears building, right, downtown? Yeah, originally it was a, a Sears kind of corporate uh, headquarters. And so it's got some funky, neat, old features that uh, you may not find in a school all that often and some weird mystery doors, low ceilings. And on, we have a mezzanine floor with like seven foot ceilings uh, in one of the rooms. But uh, otherwise, it's a really beautiful old um, downtown building and uh, functions for us really well. Um, it's it's kind of interesting. We're it's it's a long narrow building and so i think not many folks uh realize that there's a school there um not many people realize there's a school there and uh, are surprised at the end of the day to see 80 kids pile out of this building and, and go off to the bus or get picked up <laughs> and then you, you mentioned a second building and i'm i'm guessing because uh, we haven't talked about this on the previous show but i'm thinking it's it's the santa Teresa tile works building well, our school our, our school site is actually two buildings. We own uh, that Sears building and then the building next door that's uh, right next door to the old Hotel Arizona, Miss Saigon and all that. And Danny's Barbershop is a part of our building. Danny is a tenant. And then uh, – so there's two buildings there. We don't own the building that Santa Teresa Tile Works is in. We just own the business. Um, and that's located just a couple blocks away at 6th and 6th. Well, t- t- and, so and, t- yeah, tell me a little bit about that because that, that was something I just found out recently. That's a, It's kind of intriguing to me that, that you own that. And how does that fit in with your, your business model, your, your school model? Well, so, yeah, I mean it's kind of an innovative uh, structure. Santa Teresa Tile Works, uh, as many people probably know, is um, a longtime Tucson business founded by a woman named Susan Gamble uh, about 35 years ago. And it does decorative, artistic kind of tile mosaics. And so if you've seen it, 
you, you, you'll immediately recognize it all over town. There's public art all over the place and there's neighborhood signs. And then there's any number of houses uh, throughout uh, Tucson that have some Santa Teresa tile works uh, mosaic in their house or in their garden or something. And uh, several years ago, when Susan was getting ready to retire, uh, she and I hatched this ridiculous idea that the school could take over the business um, and that we would use it for a few different reasons. One would obviously be as a you know, potential funding mechanism for our program. But kind of more core to what we do, what we were hoping to do is provide, you know, art education for not only our students, but for other students. And there are adult workshops as well. So people can come in and make things and learn how to make things and learn how to make tile and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we are also, you know, right now it's, it's staffed by uh, a lot of people that are uh, connected to the school. So um, there's alumni and, and parents who work there and volunteer there and are hoping long-term is to have kind of small business education and internships in marketing and sales and that kind of stuff for our alumni or family members so that um, we can continue to just kind of broaden our educational horizons and provide more opportunities for families and kids to not only get involved in their community, but learn, you know, vital skills uh, to help them reach whatever goals they've got going on in their own life as far as, you know, maybe starting a business or, um, you know, just uh having more skills that would might be useful for another job opportunity or something like that. Yeah. I'm always amazed at, uh, at the way you, you sort of weave life into, uh, into your school and activities. Cause your, your name came up. We were doing a show with, uh, um, uh, Annette over at uh, the L offices and their indoor farmer's market that they're doing now. They just started, well, obviously, you know, this cause you're involved, but they started it once a month. And, um, they told me they were working with your students cause you're, your school in the middle of urban downtown Tucson has an agricultural program, and I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, we um, we just had our first farmers market of the year over at the All Spaces, and um, it was a raging success. I think uh, we have a farm to school coordinator, Frank DePetropol, on staff, and he he teaches classes to the kids and to families about um, you know local food pathways, and and we kind of have a, a focus on food justice there. Often uh, times our families live in neighborhoods where they don't have access to fresh food, and so. We have a whole curriculum around, you know, how they can maybe rectify that um, and not just a classroom curriculum. We have two uh, production, like commercial size plots at Las Milpitas Farm uh, right down the road. And our kids grow and our, our parents go and grow all kinds of produce. And uh, so we use that produce not only to for our family pantry, which is available to, to families and alumni, families of the school, but our seventh and eighth graders also work with uh, local volunteers, mostly through Intuit, to run their own small business. And oftentimes that small business is built around the, the farm and the garden program and food. And so this year the kids are selling fresh produce that they are planting, growing, tending to, taking care of, harvesting all that on their own at the farmer's market uh, that Annette runs at the L, as well as some kind of produced products that they have designed and made themselves as well, like uh, spice rub and, and a cookie mix and that kind of stuff. And all the ingredients are stuff that they are growing locally and that they're, you know, sourcing and putting together. So 
um, it's kind of a, a full wraparound thing. You know, we're, we're teaching nutrition and, and, you know, having a voice and fighting for justice for your community and small business skills and all kinds of stuff. So it's definitely not traditional middle school curriculum, but it's working for us. And we'll be back to finish up our, uh, our interview here with Cameron Taylor, the head of school at Imago Day. Be back in just a, a moment, but I do want to remind you that you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number one eight. 2420 Nova NMLS number 3087 VK number 0902429 Equal housing opportunity We are back to finish up our interview with Cameron Taylor, head of school at Imago Day here in downtown Tucson. That first half was a lot about their innovation, the the unique programs, the success that they've had as a school. And in this part, I asked him a couple of questions. One was, with all the success, is there a thought to expanding? They're working with 80 students right now. Can they can they work with more, or, or could they work in different parts of the state? Uh, we'll get his response to that, and we'll also find out the the main reason for the for the call, the impact of uh, COVID and social distancing on that age group in the fifth through eighth grades. Well, 80 students, I mean, they're, they're getting a, a great opportunity experience. Can you expand or what's the thoughts on, on, on growing? You know, we're not sure yet. This, this question is obviously starting to come up. We're, we're having a ton of success. You know, I mean, our kids are graduating high school at about a 95% clip, which is maybe 20 to sometimes 25 points higher than the national or even southern Arizona rates. Uh, half of the kids that graduate high school are going off to four-year colleges, and the other half are, are entering into either community college or vocational training. So, you know, these kids' futures, like, the program is working. So the question of how do we expand comes up often. I think the idea of what Imago Day does can be replicated elsewhere. But the exact thing, you know, the exact programming, it's not like plug-and-play. We're, we are responding to a need in this community. And every day that, you know, we add a program or that we, you know, uh, go in a, a different direction with our curriculum, it's simply a response to needs and issues that we are seeing in our community. And so that approach makes it a little bit tougher to expand or to replicate love. Well, in serving community and responding to needs, uh, you know, the, the timing of, of our conversation is intentional because uh, this was sparked by a conversation I had last week on the show with uh, Amanda Madala. She is, uh, as you know, an author who she's working on a series of books, and the one she's got out right now is called Sawaro Stillness. And it's, it's her effort to really kind of uh, take her experience with her own family, her own kids, and, and using our, our desert landscape and in our desert themes to, to kind of connect through, uh, through that and, and help these deal with emotions that have been a little bit conflicting and confusing um, as a result of COVID. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's had an enormous impact. Middle school is an incredibly important time 
in your development. You know, you're going through adolescence and, and uh, middle school is often seen as the most challenging or the most difficult time, uh, not only for kids, but like for teachers and educators as well. And it takes a special uh, kind of mindset to work with middle school students because their job in life is to push boundaries. Uh, the, the whole point of, of a 13, you know, a, a 10 to 13 year old uh, kid is to push boundaries and to try and find out where the edge is, you know, and, and they're trying to figure out how relationships work and, and where, you know, how, how hard you can push and, and all those things. And so developmentally, they're supposed to be doing that. You know, that it, that comes out in practice sometimes is very challenging um, and, and difficult to, to deal with. But that's what they're supposed to be doing. And this group, you know, this generation of middle school students has been going through that online and in a setting where it's nearly impossible to get, you know, to understand full context of conversations and relationships and that kind of stuff. I mean, think about us as adults when, you know, we send a text that is meant to be funny and then we realize, oh, man, that wasn't funny because, you know, it's impossible to to hear the sarcasm or, you know, whatever in, in that text, you know, I can't imagine being 11 years old and trying to figure out relationships and figure out where I factor in and how I fit into all these different things and what my community is like, uh, without being able to have intense, intimate, you know, interactions with people. Um, even for students who've been in school throughout the pandemic, uh, there have been all the, you know, social distancing things in place and, and uh, you know, it's, I, th- I think we're just overlooking oftentimes. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who are focused on this, but I think the general community is maybe overlooking how important that those few years for adolescents are on relationships and, and um, interacting with the broader world around them. And I don't think we're going to fully understand the consequences of what the, you know, the, the pandemic has had on our middle school age students. And so we're, we're working really hard with our kids and our families to make sure that all of those challenges that have come up and all of the issues that the kids are facing that we can, you know, try and figure out how to face that with them and how to support them through that. Um, how, it, how do you? I mean, what what are the things that you can do as a as a as a school or as a community to, to help with it with this uh, transition back into um, real life education? Being intensely focused on community um, helps. You know, everything we do is rooted in that. So we. We've been trying as hard as we can while maintaining, you know, uh, proper kind of COVID protocol and all that kind of stuff to have as much group activity and as much interactive activity as possible. Um, and we and, and not just with students, you know, I mean, even little things, for instance, we just did an art project where everybody in the school building, staff, faculty, kids, everybody uh, made these kind of interactive art pieces where one person was responsible for one half of something. And it was kind of this, you know, interesting design piece. And then they're all jumbled up and passed out. And then another person is responsible for the next aspect of it. And then, you know, we're in the process of building this big collage and it seems like, you know, kind of a, a silly little idea of just to have some fun with art. 
but it's really intentional and it's and it's done really to say hey we're all in this together we're all working in this together and look at even though we're all coming from different places we had different design ideas we had a totally different you know mindset coming into this look at this beautiful thing that we're creating together and when we put all of our talents together look at you know what we can do and so it's everything from these little art projects to bigger you know um, intentional pieces in our curriculum and field trips and camp trips and stuff like that that are upcoming uh, you know hopefully uh, given the state of the world that we can just continue to focus on kind of relationships uh, our that's that's really just kind of the key to every decision we make is like is this good for relationships and community and kids that was Cameron Taylor head of school for Imago Day in downtown Tucson one of my favorite stories to share. I get the, the pleasure of interviewing a lot of great folks in our community, uh, in the urban core, and the work that um, Cameron and his staff are doing at Imago Day, is, it's, it is really truly one of my favorite stories to share because of the impact that it has on our community overall. The success rate, he talked about the graduation rates at 95%, which just far and away exceeds every, every metric out there. The way they stay involved with their families well after graduation, uh, they are uh, 15 years in the making, and and the impact uh, it's it's probably immeasurable at this point uh, to see the the uh, the ripple effects of everything that they're doing. Well, my name is Tom Heath. You are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. VK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Life Along the Streetcar. I think this is episode number 168. Uh, if you uh, like what you hear, maybe hit us up on Facebook and uh, tag us in a post or share something on our, um, on our page that you would like us to talk about. Uh, we like to uncover hidden gems, but sometimes they're hidden. We need your help to, to find them. So let us know what is a hidden gem we should be talking about in the urban core. I want to special, uh, especially thank today's guest, uh, Cameron Taylor of Amago Day, spending some time with us talking about really one of my uh, uh, favorite stories. Uh, and it ties in really well with uh, what we discussed last week with Amanda Madala and her book on uh, Saguaro Stillness. And just as a reminder, you can still be involved with her community art project, Sketching Saguaro Stillness. You can find information on Facebook under that name. Uh, she's inviting the public to help illustrate her book. So there's gonna be uh, 30 kids that are, are gonna be uh, selected uh, and their artwork will, will be in the book. Maybe more than 30, I don't remember. Could be 60 actually. Anyway, go to Sketching Suara Stillness for all those details. And if you ever want us to cover a topic, you can you know shoot us an email, contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org, or as I mentioned, tag us and, and share. Coming up uh, next week, we've got David Pike of The Screening Room. And we're going to talk with him about the importance of that community-type theater in Tucson. 
as well as his role in keeping it active and alive. And they'll be right in the midst of the Underground Film Festival. It starts this week, so you can check that out at uh, the Screening Room Tucson. Uh, Cameron mentioned they were in uh, an interesting old building that had mysterious doors and long hallways and low ceilings. And those ceilings might be low within the school, but it seems like those students have no ceiling. So we're going to leave you with music today uh, from 2021. The album is called The Real Sessions. The band is the Lowdown Brass Band, and uh, the song is No Ceilings. Well, thank you for tuning in. My name is Tom Heath. I hope you have a fantastic week, and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar. Some women who the baddest Like I came up with a plan that was global But I'm too real so I keep it local I'm guessing this is how it feels to a mogul Well I guess I'm in the circle where I'm supposed to Yeah, in my bag, can't top that Peep game, let me coach you I'll do the most to Grand Prix, cover ground like an auto race Steer the wheel with the left, see the Audemars Feel like royals in a foreign car Hit the Ryan like the Audemars Lifestyle is so easy to get used to. This type of mind state ain't nothing that I'm new to. I'm gonna roll something, then I'll roll through. Cause there's no sea.